0: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Film Room. Me and Jake Lawler here, gonna break down some movies for you. It was a, a pretty mediocre week at the theater. Yeah, I'm yeah, not gonna it was, lie, it was
1: real disappointing. We uh, sad stuff.
0: We, yeah, 2019 is not off to the best start. Well, I,
1: you know, what do you expect for January? January movies, releases, you know, it's, you
0: know. it's not always the most promising stuff. But high note, real quick, I did see if Bill Street could talk. That's the 2018 release, but it was phenomenal. So it kind of made up for uh, what else we had to suffer through this week. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so today we have reviews A up. Double header. Yeah.
0: <laughs> A
1: sad double <laughs> header. <laughs> it's like there's puppy dog eyes there. Um, we have reviews for Escape Room and Glass, and we are here to bring you the best content possible from the esteem critiquing minds, critical minds of Zach Gorns and myself, Jake Lawler, for
0: those who didn't know. So, without further ado, why don't we kick things off here with Escape Room.
1: This serves as an entry voucher
0: for, for Minos, Minos Escape, escape rooms. rooms.
1: Be the, Be the first, first to escape our, our most immersive, immersive room, room yet. And win a million dollars. So, uh, when does the game start?
0: This is the escape room. Let's talk about immersive.
1: What's wrong with you? That was real. They're watching us. They know every move oh, that we're making. They knew everything about us.
0: Oh. This is my hospital bed. Me too. They made these rooms for us.
1: So, Zach, after watching Escape Room, since we're going to start with that one first, as you probably could have guessed.
0: Um, how, what did you think? How? What were your thoughts? What was that? Well, let's first off just go ahead and get this, this disclaimer out there that this podcast will contain spoilers for both movies.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> we gotta do the countdown. Five, four, three, two...
0: Alright, you've been okay, warned. You've let's been warned. So if you want to see either of these mediocre movies and don't want them spoiled, I guess you should just skip to the next podcast. <laughs> um but escape room basically should we should we go story first you want to yeah so story all right first. so quick synopsis so we've got six different people six strangers and they all get a mysterious invitation to a once in a lifetime opportunity at the most exclusive escape room possible it's it's this top secret super high quality room it's got great reviews which kind of doesn't make sense if it's supposed to be top secret <laughs> but Anyways, they all get this mysterious invitation. They all show up, and they're sitting in the waiting room, waiting for uh for it to start, and then it's revealed that it already has started. This is the first room. So it's these six people. They're all very basic characters. They can all be summed up in a singular, defining character trait.
1: Yeah, they're really sculpted from archetypes of the 20th century.
0: And so... These people are struggling to get through, and unlike most escape rooms, which are, you go in, you have 60 minutes, you try to find the way out, if you win, you get your name on the wall, if not, then all shucks. Yeah. Yeah. This one, you, you, you win. You win. You get ten thousand dollars. You lose. You die. So it's escape. Escape the, the room The stakes are die. much higher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you don't get a
1: certificate with... anymore. Yeah. But, you know, you do get to walk away with your life in the, so, the old school escape rooms.
0: So they have to instead of being one escape room, every time they escape one, it leads them to the next one. There's five or six rooms they've got to get through, and uh, they're all just duking it out trying to trying to make it out alive.
1: And then the Illuminati comes in. Then it's really, it, gets and it really just crazy gets kind of off it. the
0: rails. So, general thoughts, Jake. What'd you think?
1: Well, uh, you hit it on the nail. Uh, you hit the nail on the head earlier. It was it was mediocre. Um, I walking in, I wasn't really expecting much, so mm-hmm. I guess my my expectations were levied by the results of the film. Um, I did think it, I actually do think it was better than I expected it to be. Agreed. Honestly, um, I didn't think any of the characters were very likable. Uh, I thought the story was very, uh, prototypical, well, not, not prototypical, very typical. Um, and, but, you know, it did have some exciting scenes. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought there were some, um, interesting interactions between the basic characters, which was nice to see that they weren't just, it wasn't completely cliched. Um, but, you know, more than that, it was just, I It wasn't necessarily a struggle. I didn't really feel like I was wasting my time, but I just felt like you know, eh. The -hmm. entire film, I was just like, yeah, you know, it's all right. It's certainly a a nice time at the theater, though. I mean, you know, I guess like if you want to bring, I definitely bring people to see it just because it it is exciting. Like you know, not to take anything away from the suspense that was built. The
0: biggest issue that I had was just the characters, because yeah, honestly, like they were all very unlikable. So Mm we have got. Zoe, who's I guess somewhat of the main character. Yeah. But she's like a college student. She's very quiet, very smart. Uh so that's her her stereotype. She's the quiet, smart girl. And then there's Ben, who's like a high school burnout, druggie kind of guy. Um then Jason, who's this big businessman who's simply put, a dick. Yeah. Like he's just, just there's no other way to put like, it. Like he's, he's just such mean. an asshole. He's just mean for the sake of being mean. Um and then Mike, who's like this middle-aged, like over-friendly guy. Yeah. It like, sounds like a dystopian Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Amanda, who's the traumatized, like PTSD veteran. Yeah. Um, and Danny, who is like this nerdy guy who's super obsessed with escape rooms, and is supposed to be like the one who who mm-hmm. knows everything, and he's gonna help them get out. So, so those are your your characters, but none of them were super compelling, which to me it makes it hard for a movie like this where the stakes are life and death it makes it hard for you to really feel too invested and be like oh if it was a character that you cared about you'd be upset when they died and you'd really want like be rooting them on trying mm-hmm. to help them help them survive but if if you don't care about the characters like oh he died you know who cares next yeah. let's let's keep moving so that kind of made it difficult to really get invested in the the movie for me
1: and you know i think uh, the most compelling even though it's not really a great group uh is deborah ann wall's character mm-hmm. just because she's so good um she's, yeah she
0: was, she, she was definitely the best but yeah. and it was a shame that she was like second to die yeah i mean because
1: she's she's wonderful in the daredevil show and you know she's she's an absolute absolute revelation for me because i had never heard of her before the show and then coming in i was excited to see her get more and more um screen time because she is a talented actress but, you know, it was the same that she was really constrained in this way because, really, you know, she's at her best when she's allowed to be who she is. And this was kind of boxing her into something that she you know wasn't what? comfortable doing. You know it. what
0: I just noticed is that there's a theme here in this podcast today, not just of mediocrity, but also of surviving because we'll talk about it in Glass. And as anyone in, who's seen Unbreakable knows, that Mr. Glass's whole purpose is creating events to have a sole survivor. And mm. that's what actually connected all of these characters, maybe, the, it's, ex- maybe it's a the, shared universe, the, yeah, the, the glass, the glass, the glass escape glass room, escape room universe. but, uh, so what ends up, they find as they go along, they find out that these, these different characters have all been connected because they're all like survivors of these cataclysmic events. Like yeah. a, Zoe survived a plane crash. She was the only one. Ben was in a car crash and he was the only survivor. Uh, Jason's boat capsized and he,
1: he killed, killed his <laughs> yeah, he killed see his, another like, dick move there
0: um Mike was a minor and was like there was a collapse and he he had to listen to his brother die and was the only one that survived Amanda survived an IED and her whole squad died and Danny what was what was Danny's thing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know was r- it like I don't think was it a was it Arrhythmia or something? Or something with his heart?
0: I honestly don't remember. Sorry, Danny. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: you, you just had to... You had to be more... Uh, you had to have more trauma in your life. We don't remember. <laughs>
0: um, But, uh, so then as they go along, it's like each of these, these rooms that they have to get through have been somewhat catered to one of the people. Mm-hmm. So, there's like one that was... The, the fire one was supposed to traumatize Amanda because of the explosion. And then... There was one The Ice One The Ice was One for Jason. for Jason who is like in Arctic waters and like, <laughs> For some reason. But and they've got like all these little details like it's the same jacket like, that was that Jason's friend was wearing.
1: And you know, side note, who takes to, who takes a rowboat out on the Arctic? <laughs> I like yeah. I was that really confused me when he was like, Yeah, me and my friend we <laughs> went we went sailing. Okay, first of all, your boat is a rowboat, <laughs> so you're not really doing anything to yeah. sail. And why would you sail on the Arctic?
0: So, what were, in your in your thoughts, what was the most exciting room? So, we've got six different rooms, I think. I
1: honestly think um, the the room that was, like, the actual room, like, it was an actual room with uh, with all the clocks in it, and it was in the beginning, and then they reverted back to it when uh, Ben oh, had oh, oh, escaped yeah. it.
0: Oh, yeah. So, the movie starts with, like... With, Which is very suspenseful. It starts with... Wing. At the end, and has like a little flash forward of Ben escaping the escape mm-hmm. room, the final one, or uh, I guess it makes it look like he's going to die. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and then it goes back and says like three days earlier and it has him go through everything again.
1: <clears throat> but I thought that was, I thought that was the most intense. It was room, like a Star sure.
0: Wars, like trash compactor kind of yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, And then there's the, the initial one, which turns into the oven and tries to burn them. And then there's the, the cold one, which is like the, Ice and then the, the, the pool table one, yeah. The upside down pool table room, the,
1: the like LSD room, yeah. The
0: LSD room, which is like hypnotic, kind of, and then
1: the study, which is the one we were just talking about,
0: yeah. And then there was the um. There was the the gas room, the mm-hmm. gas chamber. It's like the hospital, where's like all of their hospital. I thought events. the
1: rooms were very nice. Though. Yeah. So yeah, I thought they were very compelling. I thought they were interesting and they were very intricate. So I thought the set design was, mm-hmm. a, they the set design did a great job.
0: The puzzles were fun. Like yeah. there was, I mean, it was somewhat predictable. Like, like I was able. I don't know if I'm just a, a escape room genius or what, <laughs> but like when when they were in the cabin in that second room and like Rudolph was like yeah, the code. Like that was, was like the first thing I thought. Yeah, of. Same. Yeah. Same. So, <laughs> maybe but, we're just geniuses over here <laughs> at inside the film room.
1: Yeah, or the script isn't what it should have been. Yeah, done. like really, sure. really, the only problem I had with this movie was the script and the like, characters. It was an
0: interesting premise, and yeah. like,
1: I mean, because everything was done well except for the script and the characters. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's like the rooms were great, uh, the plot was interesting,
0: and then with the exception of like, with the, the exception of, of the third, secret society, the last, yeah, like, I, don't, the last I don't know act. what was going on there. So what ends up happening is that Zoe and Ben escape and kill the person that
1: was orchestrating the entire event.
0: So, so then they like move on or they go back and like tell the police and then everything, they come back and everything's gone and then they try to move on with their lives, but then they're like, what else? How did they end up tracking them down at the end and they like
1: yeah because it's revealed that there's a secret society that's kind of pulling strings on escape rooms across the globe it's like the most
0: dangerous game kind of vibe of like these rich people that pay for these escape rooms that kill and then yeah
1: and then they so zoe and ben track down the uh the society and then it's it's revealed to us that the society has prepared for them to track it down and that they've created an escape room on a on the plane that they're taking and then it you know, leaves on a cliffhanger. It's like a twist
0: within a twist within a twist. Yeah, so... So, another theme within this podcast. (laughs) um, But, yeah, so, like, it was... The plot was, like, it was good, and then at the very end, like, it kind of fell victim to, like, these classic, like, horror, thriller tropes of, like, everybody. Because one of the things I found interesting was that it wasn't, like... In the first couple rooms, it wasn't, like, one person had to die to, like, move on. It wasn't, like whoever was going to be the one survivor, yeah. but then it, towards the end, it ended up like just, just killing everybody that, off yeah, exactly. until there yeah. was one or two remaining. But
1: yeah, but you know, I mean, and to speak tangentially here, just, tangentially. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the archetype of the, of the douchebag in films. Because okay. I, you know, I think I think that's an interesting discussion because we've seen it recently with this one. We've seen it with uh, John Malkovich and Bird, in Bird Box. Box. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's done brilliantly, as it was with um, with Judd Nelson's character in The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. with John Bender, which is you know obviously I think the keynote douchebag mm-hmm. in film. But you know, nowadays, like more and more, it's like we seem we seem to. S- Fall victim to these certain um, these this archetype, which doesn't really do doesn't really do a lot. And even though know, it's, I think it's, I think it'll be an interesting discussion to kind of figure out when is it done well and when is it not done well as it was in this film. And I wasn't I wasn't primarily convinced like, in the thing his character with like you, know, you mentioned Bird Box, mm-hmm.
0: um, like both of them, John Malkovich and um, oh, what's his name, Jay Williams, I think that played yeah Jason Walker, or Jay Ellis, sorry. Um, but they were both like the, if we don't do this, like they, they kind of like grounded their, like their meanness in survival. Yeah. And they're like, if we don't do this, we're all going to die. Like, like, and when Amanda dies in escape, in escape room, like literally two seconds later, Jason's like, we have to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. and they're like, she's dead. She's dead. but Move on. And like, everybody's just like still in shock. Yeah. Like. And, I mean, he has a point, like, to an extent, but also, like, there were times when he's just, like, calling Danny Danny or, like, Ben names and just, like, being Mm. a jerk just for the purpose of being a jerk. And then we find out also that he, like, didn't... Like, he lied about, like, having to... His, like, friend swimming off, he ended up murdering him for, like, survival, and then he tries to do that with Ben, so...
1: And I think what it really boils down to is that you have to have elements of humanity. Because, you know, in with John Bender and The Breakfast Club, you know, he does have these human elements. Um, Particularly, which one one that strikes out to me is Michael Fassbender's portrayal of uh, Steve Jobs in uh, Steve Jobs, which was directed by Danny Boyle and written by Aaron Sorkin. And, um, you know, the great thing about that performance, which it is a brilliant performance, uh, is really it's just the elements of humanity. It's like, I don't know if you've seen it, but... Steve um, Jobs? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when they were, uh, when it was him and Seth Rogen in the mm-hmm. Opera House and yeah. he was begging them to acknowledge the Apple II team? Yeah. Like, that is a great scene, but it's a great scene for so many reasons because it is... St- and one reason in particular is for the same reason why Judd Nelson's character works so well. You know, it's that you establish that this guy has a heart, you know? And with the more recent, especially the portrayal of... Um, Jay Jay Ellis's portrayal in Escape Room and John Malkovich's portrayal, there's there's no heart to be found. And mm-hmm. it's just you know, you can get away with being unlikable in films, but you can't get away with being like unconsolable. You know, you know, it's just I just think it's it's something that it's something that's used quite a lot in films, especially when it's an ensemble performance and most of the time it really isn't done well and I think it's for that particular reason.
0: hmm So overall what would you say about Escape Room?
1: Uh it's not bad. It's not. I mean, it's not good, but you know, it's, <laughs> it, it kind of lives in that shadow around. It
0: lives in the in the the Twilight early zone. January yeah. purgatory state of <laughs> <Yeah>. film.
1: <laughs> so you know, yeah, I mean it's it's fine. You know, I I think if anything, go to see the set design because it's it's a phenomenal job there. But everything else is just eh.
0: I would suggest doing a real escape room instead, though. Yeah, I think that would be much more fun. fun, And And probably more like a More (laughs) worthwhile, yeah. Um, So, that's our our final thoughts on that. I gave it two out of five stars, I believe.
1: Okay, uh, let me think. Let me think. Do that calculation real quick. Do we do decimals? You
0: can go point five. Point 0.5, I wouldn't say like 0.18. Can't one say eight point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Round it up. Get real technical there.
1: Yeah, 0.33, three, uh, repeating of course. Um, I'd probably say it's a two and a half, yeah. I'd say, I mean, you know, it's, which isn't bad, you know. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. So, now, the next one then we're gonna talk about. The one that was much more disappointing. Glass.
0: <laughs> My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist work concerns a
1: particular type of delusion of grandeur it's a growing
0: field I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes the three of you've convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book
1: this is not a cartoon this is the real world a lot of people are going to die don't do this are you ready? What do we call you, sir? First name, Mister. Last name. Class.
0: We've worked, we we've had we've waited. Since the year 2000, 19 years in the making.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when I was two. (laughs) I was two when I first saw Unbreakable. Well,
0: me, personally, I have waited since Split came out in 2016, and then I went back and watched Unbreakable like two weeks ago. So my wait has been since 2016. (laughs) But M. Night Shyamalan created this secret universe with glass. We had Unbreakable, the story of David Dunn, the very normal down-to-earth Subtle superhero.
1: Quite a good movie.
0: Yeah, came out in two thousand. It's David Dunn. Bruce Willis as David Dunn, and Samuel L. Jackson as Elijah Price, aka Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. And basically, Samuel L. Jackson believes that David Dunn has these superpowers because he was the sole survivor of a plane or not a plane crash, a train crash. Sorry, and and which basically, is which it's is important later on. Very important. Foreshadowing. Um. And so he he thinks that he's like oh David you've never been hurt in your life have you and so he figures that out and then he finds out that he has super strength and he can't get hurt and basically Elijah is pushing him towards this this realization trying to find these superhumans and then at the end it's revealed that Elijah has been causing these these disasters a plane crash a train crash a explosion at a building like all these different mm-hmm. These different terror attacks in order to try and find someone who survives the sole survivor, like in escape room, um, and that's David Dunn. And he also has really good sense of intuition. He can like touch people and see their their background and see if there's anything like suspicious about them. So that's how the movie ends when he touches Mr. Glass and mm-hmm. and figures that out. And then then 16 years later, you want to take Split? Yeah. Uh,
1: so Split is a Quite a different film from Unbreakable. Both,
0: both thought they were standalone films for the yeah, most part. Yeah, yeah
1: until the very end mm-hmm. of Split. So Split is uh, it's uh, James McAvoy is you know the keynote character, mm-hmm. the one of the twenty-seven that he <laughs> portrays. But 24. Twenty-four. 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 The main um, the main portrayal is uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb, mm-hmm. who was a kind of like a disillusioned, abused boy that had dealt with a lot of trauma in his life, so he developed
0: disassociative identity identity disorder, D-I-D,
1: more colloquially known as uh, multiple personality disorder. And he does it to such an extreme level where he develops a personality that um, has heightened abilities similar to David Dunn's. And it's called The Beast. The Beast, and uh, all his abilities seem to kind of worship it in some sort of, you know, theological culty kind of way mm-hmm. called and, the horde yeah the horde and he kidnaps uh casey cook and two of her friends at mm-hmm. a grocery store uh casey cook played by anya taylor joy who was great in the witch by the way but that's neither here nor there um and then that's
0: to the witch yeah, great
1: movie and then it uh goes back to kind of james mcavoy really just being a phenomenal actor and playing all these different characters and then Casey's to, yeah, yeah Casey's ability and then um, you begin to kind of unravel his history and it's uh it's quite suspenseful, it's quite good. I think um you know, M. Night Shyamalan, he's a pretty streaky guy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he'll do the Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Like Will Ferrell, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Like he'll do he'll do Sixth Sense and Unbreakable, which are two very good films, Sixth Sense being one of the best in probably the past thirty years. And then he makes, you know...
0: The Happening and Avatar. The Happening and
1: Avatar. And then he comes back with The Visit, which is good. And then he makes Split, which is really good. And then it happens again.
0: So (laughs) the way Split ends is that he, after he kidnaps these three girls, he kills two of them, Mm -hmm. and Casey ends up escaping, and the Beast is is, uh, still at large, and it's making new... Like, Casey gets saved and it's making headlines and then you see after the credits there's a, a scene at the diner. People are watching the news broadcast and somewhat, some lady's like, oh, this reminds me of that guy 15 years ago that uh, made all those terrible things happen. What was and his then, name? And then it shows Bruce yep, Willis. Awesome. And he says, Mr. Glass. <laughs> and so then it's like a shocking revelation that these are actually Quite set in shocking. the same universe. Yeah. And and so it, it's all but imminent that a smackdown is coming between the Beast and David Dunn. And so then we wait Three more years, yeah. And 2019, Shyamalan is back with Glass, which is titled after Mr. Glass, Samuel L. Jackson, and it sees all three super humans—I I wouldn't say superheroes—super yeah. <laughs> humans uh, <laughs> come together. And I'd say we were pretty excited going into this movie. Well, at least pretty excited until the reviews came out before we went into the movie. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, we we had talked earlier, and mm-hmm. I, you know, kind of express my um, worry because of the withholding of the reviews yeah. days before the film. And usually when that happens is, you know, there's a clear sign that it may not be as good as what we had hoped it would have been. But, you know, we went in with still kind of optimism.
0: Wanted to judge it for ourselves. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, um, you know, it was it was disappointing. It really was. Um, it didn't have the same... It didn't have the same um, compelling aspect that Splitter or Unbreakable mm-hmm. did. I thought um, M. Knight struggled juggling the characters and their development in a way that he didn't really have to, considering mm-hmm. it was just one and one, but doing three was um, quite difficult.
0: I think the thing that made Unbreakable so great was its subtlety. That This was in 2000, so it was before the superhero boom, mm-hmm. all the Marvel stuff, DC even. um so it was just, it wasn't like this big budget, explosions, stunts, movie. It was just a very subtle guy discovering his powers. It wasn't anything too extreme. It's not like he was saving the world or fighting aliens. He was just doing little, like, he rescued someone who was kidnapped. Just little, like, little, mm. solving little problems. and um, And then the thing with Split is that it's, Beyond being supernatural, it's just like a thriller. There's lots of excitement and tension in it, um, as the the victims are trying to escape and and all of that. So neither of those elements were present in glass. Mm-hmm. Instead, I felt like glass was belabored by a unnecessary amount of exposition. Yeah. like the the first two thirds of the movie are very slow. And my issue with this is that this is the third movie in the franchise. Like it shouldn't have to suffer from so much explanation and, and development if we're already two movies mm-hmm. deep. Like, I mean, I understand that the other two were like standalone, standalone movies and quotes that, that you were trying to not to show this connection, but like most people have figured out a lot of the connection. You didn't yeah. have to go back and re-explain who David Dunn was, who mm-hmm. the beast was, who Samuel L. Jackson was like, it, it just made it very slow. Mm-hmm. But should we hit the plot real quick?
1: Yeah, I'll do a quick synopsis. So uh, we so David Dunn and Bruce Willis. He has a son now, Joseph Dunn, who helps him in his kind of uh, same vigilante. Actor, same ex- actor
0: that played him in the first and mm-hmm. Unbreakable. Yeah, uh, my guy Spencer Treat Clark, yep. which is fun because they look. He still looks. Yeah, the exact he looks same. the exact
1: same. Um, so. He comes back and now, uh, to help him with his vigilante exploits, uh, and then it opens with, uh, James McAvoy, uh, I'm just gonna call him the Horde for now, cause that's who he is. Uh, uh yeah, I
0: never knew what to, whether to call him Kevin Wendell Crumb, yeah, or the Horde cause I don't think beast, he, I don't or... think he changes until after,
1: but... Uh, The Horde comes in and he has captured these cheerleaders and he has been, it's revealed that he's been on a a rampage since his kind of uh, escape from the Philadelphia Zoo incident in the first film. And, you know, they get into a battle trying to free the cheerleaders. They get captured. It's revealed that Sarah Paulson uh, runs...
0: Dr. Ellie Staples. Who
1: runs a um, Ravenhill mental institution uh, where she houses where she wants to house Bruce Willis's uh, David Dunn and the Horde. And
0: it's revealed, keeping, that... It's
1: revealed that she studies superhumans and um, she thinks that they're delusions of grandeur. And, and she's trying Mr. to prove Glass that. Mr. Glass is already there. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Glass, under the pretenses of a lot, a lot, a lot of... Uh, of
0: drugs yeah there we go
1: there we go <laughs> the <laughs> word escaped my mind um a lot of drugs where they feel like that he's unable to communicate anymore and she uh, they've just
0: got him in almost like a vegetative state Yeah,
1: exactly so she begins to kind of do her inquiry into why they believe what they believe and then it's revealed that glass has actually been Fooling. ducking his yeah. meds and he makes a he makes a meet with the horde and says that he would like to see the beast in order to reveal their abilities on a worldwide scale. And the kind of the central location where they will do this is the new the building of the Osaka Tower, which is apparently the biggest <laughs> tower in the world.
0: It's not it's no Nakatomi yeah, Plaza. It's not though.
1: Nakatomi Plaza, but hopefully it will be some spectacle. So um, he's
0: trying to Set up this showdown between mm-hmm. David Dunn, who is being called the Overseer, and Mister Glass is going to orchestrate it between David Dunn and uh, the Beast. So I guess his motivation was to have people. I think see he just that. wanted.
1: Yeah, he just wanted to be believed. I guess. Yeah, he. I know?
0: I think he wanted more superheroes to see or people with powers to see that, and then feel comfortable coming forward. I mm-hmm. guess to to reveal.
1: It's kind of like an X-Men type of deal. Yeah. And then David Dunn finds this out and he breaks free. And then there's a whole escape. Never and, really make it to the yeah, tower. They don't even, they're not even close to the tower. <laughs> they, they really fight in the parking lot yeah. for 35 minutes. Um, and then after their like very long and very confusing fight in the parking mm-hmm. lot with all their family members present, yeah. <laughs> which is very strange. Um, the, the SWAT team comes in, who is ordered, which we find out, by Sarah Paulson. And, um, the
0: classic Shyamalan twist. Well, yeah.
1: And they go in, they kill uh, the Horde. Which yeah, is, so uh, he,
0: when he's the Beast, he can't get hurt. But mm-hmm. then he was just a regular... He was Kevin, and then he got shot, so yeah. he could get hurt.
1: And Bruce Willis, David Dunn, is drowned by the SWAT team. And Samuel L. Jackson's character is... Um, he gets, like, punched in the yeah, chest. He gets punched My because beast. he has brittle bone syndrome. And would you like to say why he was punched?
0: Yes. There not, okay, so speaking of Shyamalan and twists, some worked out better than others. Mm-hmm. I think this one was a good twist. It's revealed that thanks to Joseph Dunn, uh, David's son, he does some quick research and figures out that Kevin Wendell Crumb's father was actually also... Uh, a passenger on East Rail 177, which is the train that David was on when it that crashed. So he was one of the people that died in the train crash. And as a result, uh, Kevin was left with his mother, his abusive mother, which that, that trauma from living with her is what helps create the, it caused this, this identity disorder and created the 24 different personalities. So then the beast thanks he thanks mr glass for creating helping to create him but then he's says he still he Adam. still can't be trusted so punches him in the chest kind of shatters it shatters <laughs> everything he falls out of his wheelchair he's he's crawling around on the ground but so that was a good twist mm-hmm. but then this next twist is like like in classic m night form yeah. so he's got one twist and then another twist and then another twist so yeah.
1: And the second twist is where Sarah Paulson is revealed to be part of another secret society. So it is another, <laughs> another theme. Maybe here. Escape Room and Glass are the same movie. We're just looking at it from a different lens. Um, it's, there's another secret society, and this is the secret society of Glass, which tries to keep equilibrium in the world and exterminates any superhumans regardless of their intentions just to keep balance in the world so they kill david dunn um they kill the horde and james mcavoy's 24 personalities and um eliza price samuel jackson's character paris's as well
0: it shows that they've all been connected like everybody in the the organization has like a little yeah a little clover tattoo and then while david is being drowned he reaches out and grabs um the
1: swat team ellie
0: you know he grabs ellie state dr ellie Staple's hand and gets a flash, like, through his powers, he gets a flash That's of her, like, I mean, in a meeting room, talking to people about, it's for 10,000 years that the world has been fine without superheroes, we've kept them in balance, and that she was actually, her original plan was just to try and convince them that they weren't superheroes, they didn't mm-hmm. have these powers, and if if they believed it, then that was that. But instead, they, they didn't believe it, and so they had to be killed. And then she's talking about moving on to the next place. Um, so it seems like she's been her and this organization have been doing this all over the world, um. But that twist, I just, I it I seemed there, yeah. it seems kind of like a cop out to be a, a cop out ending, yeah. Because he's said that he's done with this universe. Shyamalan has said he's done with this universe, so I guess to keep people from speculating about a return of Mister Glass or a return of David Dunn or the mm-hmm. Beast, that he was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna kill him. <laughs>
1: And the third twist.
0: Yes. The third twist is that Mr. Glass knew this all along somehow. And, <laughs> somehow. And hacked into the computer system, recorded all of the cameras So because she goes in and deletes everything so there's no footage of all the fights. So he has this footage and emailed it to his mother who then after he dies finds it and has instructions from him. To post it. And so I guess they just post it on YouTube, maybe on yeah, World Star his, or it's, something. It's
1: his mom and it's uh Casey Cook, Anya Taylor Joy, and Joseph Dunn, so, Spencer Tree Clark, who kind it's of It's like all of
0: the loved ones, I yeah. guess, of of the of the superhumans. Yeah, who I who guess are,
1: they all feel spited by this what, organization. I guess so they just go with the glasses plan all along and hope maybe i guess hope for the best more people
0: will step forward yeah their
1: motivations were very unclear i wasn't really sure why and they why they all just joined forces
0: questionable que- just questionable everything here isn't yeah it? so if his plan was to inspire others to come forward with their powers by showing them a video of three of them getting killed because they have powers <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to be stepping forward there. I (laughs) think they're going to be like, oh, that's very cool. I'm I'm good. I'll I'll keep this. I'll keep
1: keep mine to myself.
0: (laughs) Um, Also, another thing that I don't know if it's problematic or if it was just questionable. Like, as best as I can remember from Split, I haven't seen it in in like a year or two maybe, but Casey is, like, the fact that she was, like, coming back and being friends with with, uh, the Horde and, like... like, I mean, I know Because I know she had made emotional connection with Kevin. I know, like, I know, like Dennis... Kevin. Kevin was fun, and Dennis was, like, funny, but, yeah. like... I don't know, like, if I was... Saw my friends get murdered, and was held captive, and was almost eaten, like... Yeah, I, I probably know. would not be sticking around, yeah, and, Yeah, it was, like, like, it was very Stockholm Syndrome. In- like, I know deal. that they wanted to bring her back and keep her in this movie, but the fact that, like, the, uh, the loved ones, it was, like, the mother, the son, like, people that are close at them yeah. and then like and then, the
1: hostage yeah, The hostage <laughs> like <laughs> well you know i do think it is like a case of stockholm syndrome mm. why it was needed i'm not really sure but you know i think a lot of things didn't work one one thing that really st- struck out to me that was kind of difficult to watch was the action um mm. you know i will say that it It is extremely, extremely difficult to film good action sequences. And without prior experience, which M. Night Shyamalan doesn't really have a lot of, um, it would be very difficult to film this sort of film. But the way he did it was very strange. He's, I I seemed, well, I gathered from the film and from earlier films that he, is very present on the face on using the face on close ups of the face mm-hmm. to kind of i guess As allow well, the like, actors you know, <laughs> to allow the actors to elicit emotions and that's not necessarily through action that's just through everything there's a lot of close up face shots and um i think that's sort of a watermark of his filmmaking style but in terms of action it didn't really work and you know it's like we know that they're struggling you know we, we can see that they're fighting we don't necessarily need to see their faces on how difficult the struggle is we can see that through you know a lot of different ways we could see that through the environment through cuts through um physical exertion things like that i think the utilization of the face in the action sequences kind of i guess defeated the purpose of making these sort of um, action sequences considering we didn't really see much of it
0: mm-hmm. you know? another thing that didn't work for me the humor it tried to be very like meta in its humor yeah which is like I it just it, it didn't seem like it fit the they make jokes about Salt Bay and yeah. and Drake and Nicki Minaj like
1: it was like you know, you know that picture of that old guy who was like hello fellow kids yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. really what it felt like honestly
0: like it was very, I don't know, it was very strange.
1: Yeah, I, those jokes fell flat. I thought he was good, M. Night, when he came in, his yeah, little cameo. Yeah, his, his
0: cameo, as he <laughs> likes to do with it. So he was the, like, the drug dealer at the stadium in Unbreakable, mm-hmm. and then, what was he in Split? I don't remember.
1: I forgot what he was in Split. And then... He's like, Jesus, he was, let your dad take a walk. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that was a funny scene. Yeah, he was, he was funny. like a,
0: a customer at their security store. But... but overall yeah. i i said 1.5 1. 1.5 5, 1. 5 out of 5 yeah probably, i I'd, i enjoyed escape room more which was a surprise cuz i was really I, excited i i enjoyed for escape this. room
1: more as well yeah
0: very, i will
1: say i'll never um I'll never hear Etcetera the same way again. Etcetera. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear it, I'll think of that. So thank you, M. Night. Thank for... you, Dennis. Yeah, thank you. No, it's Hedrick. Hedrick, yeah, there.
0: sorry. Dennis is the, the clean guy. He's like, oh, oh there's blood all oh, on, on, my... On, my, on my body. <laughs> I was
1: like, all right, buddy, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, th- I actually thought Escape Room was better. Mm-hmm. I thought Glass had better moments and more likable characters, but I thought as a film, I thought Escape Room worked better. And whereas Glass did not,
0: and hopefully this January trend, I mean, we've got some, some doubts moving forward with. Uh, Serenity. I, I not, Serenity is the last one we're excited for in January, but that movie was originally supposed to come out in October.
1: And it comes out the twenty fifth, if I'm correct. Yeah, the twentieth, and no reviews have come
0: out. Yeah, so. so hopefully that's a McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jason Clark. I
1: love Jason Clark. Um, Pet Cemetery. <sighs> That looks scary. That
0: does look scary. Oh, my God. But hopefully Serenity might break the trend and give us the first, like, positive review of the year. Third time's a try. Yeah, yeah. Third yeah. time's a try. But more pressing, we've got a very exciting episode coming next week.
1: Yes, sir. Let them know. Let
0: them know. What so, they're... if any of you know of The Ringer, very great. Love The Ringer. We love The Ringer. They have a podcast called The Rewatchables, which is hosted by Bill Simmons, and him and guests go through and talk about the most rewatchable movies of of all time, their favorite rewatchable movies. So we are taking a page out of the Ringer's book next week, and we're doing our very own Inside the Film Room Rewatchables edition, and we're going to be covering...
1: National Treasure. Honestly, arguably, the most rewatchable movie of all time, so...
0: It's a very rewatchable movie. Unfortunately... Got ripped to shreds. Very (laughs) underrated. It is got I think like a 35 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a travesty. Yeah, that's second, second to Kangaroo Jack having like a seven. (laughs) (laughs) Very disappointing.
1: Uh, I think that may deserve that. Maybe, (laughs) but National Treasure, National Treasure may not
0: be the best movie of all time but it is a great rainy day movie it is a you can pick up at any point and just find
1: i could watch national treasure you know those things on twitter it's like um could you watch a movie could you watch this movie for 24 hours mm. i could watch national treasure 24 hours straight and i would not get tired of it
0: so you know we're gonna go we're gonna go break that down next week it's gonna be really exciting we've got a lot of interesting categories to look at and uh let you know all you viewers out there, we wanted to let you know early so that you could rewatch National Treasure before next week and get ready to break it down with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time.
0: Hopefully with some better movie reviews. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>